Obviously, still in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, and we have gotten to the section where Jesus is teaching on worship. We've called this this section uh, True Worship, and uh, we spent several weeks, I think three weeks, maybe four, I think it was three, talking about alms, and, and uh, Jesus starts off in verses uh, uh, one through five, and he, or one through four, and he talks about alms, and we, we spent a lot of time talking about that, so we're not going to uh, uh, talk about that anymore. But um, uh, the next thing, uh, Jesus moves to the next critical uh, element of worship, and that's prayer. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so we're going to tonight we're going to be talking about prayer uh, because that is the next thing he deals with. So. Um, it's important that we understand uh, how much uh, prayer plays a, part, plays a part in worship. Um, so uh, C.S. Uh, Lewis wrote this, The moment you wake up each morning, all your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. The first job each morning consists of shoving it all back and listening to the other voice, taking that other point of view, letting the other, larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. And, and I, I really, I like the way C.S. Lewis put that because um, <clears throat> when we wake up in the morning, uh, you, you know, it, it all starts, does it not? <clears throat> you... You know, you start, you know, if you're anything like me, <clears throat> almost immediately you start ta- thinking about, okay, today is Monday. Uh, you know, I've got to do, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, and I got to call so on, so on, I got to do this, you know, and, and all of this stuff just starts, starts rolling in <clears throat> almost immediately. And what C.S. Lewis says is, hey, you need to push it all aside and spend time with God. And I like the way he says it here at the, at the end of this, this quote that I, I read. It says, taking the other point of view, letting the other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. Because how does God speak to us? Does he, how, how does God speak to us? Still. A still, small voice. And let, let, me, let me read this to you. First uh, Kings chapter 19, uh, verses 11 to 13. And I, I periodically visit this passage to remind me how God speaks to me because I, I have a tendency to allow the things of this world to crowd me out from hearing the voice of God. I am absolutely convinced let me let me say let me reemphasize that I am absolutely convinced that one of the tools of Satan to to confound believers or to cause believers to not pray is to either get as busy or what what I call the noise of the world and we start hearing all of this stuff and 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 we get busy we hear the oh i've got to hear i've got to go here i've got to do this i got to do that and we and we and we fail like cs lewis said 
to push it all aside and spend time with God. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11, it says, And he, and he said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain. Okay, before, before I go on, uh, who can tell me what's going on here? More specifically, Jezebel. Okay, but yeah, Elijah, Elijah, is it Elijah or Elisha? Elijah? Elijah, I was going to mix it up. Um, but Elijah is running from Jezebel. But what happened just before that? Okay, it's, yeah, it's me and me. I'm the only one who's been faithful. Okay. Okay, there you go. It's right after Mount Carmel. And then all of a sudden, he just feels all alone. And most most medical doctors that I've ever read have said that, that Elijah was suffering from, a, 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 from depression right here. Okay, that's why he ran, because he, 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 it was a form of depression. So he, and he says, go forth and stand in the mouth <clears throat> or stand uh, upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not, on, was <clears throat> not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so that when, uh, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him saying, What doest thou here, Elijah? And it's that still small voice to how God speaks to us. And I'll tell you what, I, and I'm just going to be transparent here. My wife this morning shared with me that, the, that God had given her some, some scripture this morning. It was like, I don't know, three or four passages that she shared with me that God gave her and that had comforted her this morning through the loss of my mom. And uh, she, she told me, she's like, Rick, that it was a real comfort to me. And I thought, you know, God didn't speak to me through his word this morning. He spoke to me in that still, small voice. As I sat in my office this morning and and just kind of cried out to God. It was that still small voice in my heart. Just reminding me, hey, I got this. That's how God spoke to me this morning. And that's how God needs to speak to us. Because if we allow the, 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 the noise of the world to consume us, and, 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 and right now... I, I'm, again, I'm just being transparent. This morning, or, or this afternoon, 
I told Melanie, I said, I wish we had canceled church tonight. I just, I'm having a hard time today. I'm just having a hard time. I wish we had canceled church. Why? Because of the noise, all this noise is just, it's, it's consuming. But I'm glad we didn't because now I get to share my heart a little bit. But it's that noise, and, and this morning it was such a pleasure to be able to sit and just push all that noise aside and just hear the still, small voice of God in my life. Ian Bounds once said this, What the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men of mighty prayer. Our churches today are consumed with events and and doing this and doing that and 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 they think hey if we can keep our people busy they'll be happy and they'll be they'll be fulfilled in the lord but the reality is prayer is precious to god i i did a word search to uh, not today i don't know why i said today anyway i did a, a word search and the word pray, prayer, or or prayer, uh, prayed, any you know the a form of prayer appears 536 times in Scripture. So immediately my thought was, if God talks about prayer that many times, is it something that is important to Him? Answer me. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. It, it, you know, so I'm, I've got a question for you. Last week, I think it was last week. My, yeah, anyway, I think it was last week. <coughs> Brian, Brian Heckethorn um, brought up a good point that I have had other people ask me. Uh, he's not the only one, but he's just the most recent. Uh, he said, I think I know the answer to this question, but I, I want to ask you this question. And I said, okay. He said, does God know our prayers before we pray them? What's the answer? Of course, of course he does. <laughs> and then he said, well, then why do we pray? I mean, is that not a logical question? So my, my question to you then is, why do we pray? Why does God tell us over and over in Scripture to pray? Okay, he wants to hear from us. Okay, but, but does he not already know? Okay, all right, we're going in the right direction here. Okay, all right, John?
I know it was, but I'm asking them use your words. I want them to be able to communicate to me so I can eventually communicate back to him. Okay. All right. Any anybody else, Rick? Okay, it absolutely will humble us, yes. Right. Okay, anybody else? Prayer is for as much for our benefit as anything. Oh, absolutely. God wants, I mean, God that already knows all we need and is waiting to give it to us, wants us to participate. He wants us to have that blessing. He's after our hearts. Okay, it would definitely, definitely fall into the category of obedience. Absolutely, no question about it, because it is a command. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. Absolutely. Okay. Anybody else? Okay, key word right there. Relationship. Prayer is about communication. Or what it would be another word? Communion. I don't know about you, but when I when I pray, when I talk to God, I am I am having communion with God. I'm having communication. I'm spending time with Him. I'm sharing my heart. Now He knows my heart. I'm not sharing anything. Like this morning, as I sat in my office, just kind of a, a lot of the time I spent with the Lord this morning was was in silent prayer, and and. And when I say silent, I wasn't really thinking or saying anything. I was just, God, help me. You know I'm hurting. What do I do? That's communion. Those of us that are parents understand what it, what it means to us when a child comes to us and says, hey, I need some advice. And it's not just a flippant, 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 yeah, that word, um, conversation. It is a deep communing with your child and you. And that's what God wants with us. So why do we pray? For all of those reasons. Mary, Queen of Scotland, said this, I fear John Knox's prayers more than an army of 10,000 men. That is someone who can get a hold of God. Matthew, chapter 6. Let's start reading. 
in verse 5. Now, I found, before we get into this, we're going to read through verse 15. I find it interesting that um, Jesus, in, verse, uh, in chapter 6, in verse 1 through 4, talks about alms or giving. And, and we talked about that for, for quite some time. But here, when he talks about prayer, how many verses does he cover? Ten. So, which is more important? Just based on that, what do you think is more important to God? Prayer. Verse 5, And when, when thou <clears throat> prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in, in the synagogue and on the, on the corner of the streets, that they may be seen of men. And verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy, into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And when ye pray, use not vain repetition, as the heathen do, the heathen do uh, for they think that they shall be heard from their much speaking. But not ye, after, uh, but not ye, therefore, uh, like unto them. Excuse me. Be, <laughs> I'm having trouble tonight. Um, uh, be not ye, therefore, like unto them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. There there it is. God knows before you even ask. I lost my place. Nine, okay. <laughs> I looked up and it was gone. Um, uh, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive or will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men your, their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this time together again. I do ask that you would use this passage, this time together tonight to encourage us, to strengthen us, to, to, to grow us, and to convict us that we need to spend more time in prayer. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> God gives us four guidelines here. We're going to see how fast I can give them to you. Maybe we'll get through them tonight. I'm not sure. Uh, but he gives us four guidelines, uh, things, things to pray or uh, how to pray, uh, four things to focus on uh, when, when we do pray. The first one I want to talk about, we see in verses 5 and 6, is that we must learn to pray in secret before we pray in public. We've got to learn how to pray in secret before we pray in public. Look at verse 5 and 6. Uh, and when thou prayest, 
Um, <clears throat> thou shalt uh, not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that many uh, may uh, be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. When I first got saved, I had two friends. Well, I had more than two friends, but two friends specifically in this area of prayer. The first one, I won't, I won't tell you either one of them who, who they are because it's not important. Um, but the first one uh, was a friend of mine. We, we used to you know, hang out and you know, do things together. But when the pastor of the church that we attended would ask him to pray, he would stand up and he would pray publicly and he, he would pray some of the most Religious, elaborate would be a good word. Religious, elaborate. Pray. I mean, he prayed in King James language. You know what I'm saying? And it was, and I, and and I had been saved. You know, here, here I was. I, I, I never, I never went to church growing up. I, I had no idea what it meant to to really pray. And then all of a sudden, my friend is praying like this, and. And do you know do you know what my thought was? I can never do that. I, I don't even know half the words he just said, let alone pray. And you know and you know what I did not do? I didn't pray. Because I was so intimidated because I thought I had to pray like that. Now now I, I, I do want to say this in, in his defense. He was a very educated, very intelligent individual. And that's just the way he was. Okay, he wasn't he wasn't putting on airs. Okay, that's just that's who he was. I didn't know that at the time, but I found I found out later. So you know, but it caused me not to pray. I can't compete with that. I can't do it. The second friend I had. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you who it is, because Brandon's going to know him here real soon. <laughs> he, he, he is currently a pastor of a church in North Carolina, but his, he's, he has resigned and is going to become a professor at the college that Brandon's going to in a few months. So, so he's gonna, yeah, he's got an earned doctorate. He's going to drive you crazy. And I'm going to tell him to give you extra homework. Um, but but he and I were friends also early in my walk with the Lord. And one day we were over at, we were at his house or his apartment, <clears throat> and he he asked me. He said he said Rick, do you how much time do you spend praying every day? And I told him I said well I don't pray. Well, why not? Because I don't know how to pray. And he said, let me, let me help you. 
sitting at his kitchen table. We both bowed our head and he began to pray. And I am not exaggerating. He was talking to Jesus like he was sitting in the, in the chair right next to him. And I remember sitting there thinking, wow, is Jesus like in the room? And I did. I, I, I literally opened my eyes and I looked up just to make sure that there wasn't somebody in that other chair because it felt like he was talking to somebody in the, in the other chair. And for the first time in my life, I understood what it means to pray. To have communion with God to the point where he's right here with me. What a blessing. What a blessing these two guys were in my life. And, and again, you know, the first example I gave, I, I don't want you to think bad about him because it, it, it wasn't, he was, like I said, he was not putting on airs. That's just who he was. But my point is this. If we're going to learn to pray in public, we've, we've got to learn how to pray in our, in our closets because that's where communion takes place. That's where we get to know God. Nowhere, nowhere in Scripture because I've had people say this, <clears throat> well, God doesn't, God wants us to pray in private. He doesn't want us to pray in public. I, I disagree with that. Now, he does not want us to do like the hypocrites and stand on the corner and say, hey, look at me. Look what I'm doing. Okay, that's not, he does not want us to do that. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of, our, of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved, and come unto the knowledge of God, or knowledge of the truth. Now, can you do all that in private? I don't believe you can. Go back to verse 1, if you would, Chris, please. I exhort, therefore, that all supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all men and for kings and, and, and for all that are in authority. Now, now this is a long list of different types of prayer. Public prayer is part of that. Psalm chapter 86, verses 1 through 3, was a prayer of David's. Okay, this is a public prayer, a, a prayer that David turned into a song that God published for all of us to read and to repeat and to encourage our hearts. Bow down thine ear, O Lord, Hear me, for I am poor and needy. Prever, uh, preserve my soul, for I am uh, holy. O thou, my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. 
David prayed publicly all the time. Jesus prayed publicly. Uh, give, give you an example. He prayed for, he prayed for food publicly. Um, and, and I hope that you do as well when you uh, are in restaurants uh, and, and, and in your home as well. But in John chapter 6, verse 11, it says, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he gave thanks, he distributed to his disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise, of the fishes uh, so much uh, uh, as they would. So what happened? The feeding, feeding the, the 5,000, what does Jesus do? He prays publicly and thanks God for the, for the bread and the fish. I remember again, shortly after I got saved, <clears throat> again, I was just learning this, this whole Christian thing was all new to me. <laughs> I was sitting on the ship, and and I I I had I, I was I, I, for some reason I was by myself at lunchtime. Usually, you know, a bunch of us would go to lunch or whatever, but for, for some reason that this day I was by myself, and it was kind of near the end of chow, uh, so that the you know the the galley was uh, uh, kind of empty, and uh, so I went in and and I got my food and I went in and sat down and I I got a table all to myself which is unusual. <laughs> and I was, so I, I, sat I sat down and I, and I prayed and I, I remember bowing my head and saying some kind of prayer for my food just because I thought, oh, well, you're supposed to do that. And I, I picked my head up and there was somebody sitting across the table from me. I'm like, man, I didn't even hear you sit down. And uh, this guy, he's like, he, I, I looked up and it kind of startled me. And uh, he's like, He's like, man, I just saw something beautiful. And I'm not, a, I'm not exaggerating. I thought, there's no girls around here. You know, because at the time, it still was an all-male Navy. You know, at least our ship was. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm like, <laughs> and I said, like, what did what'd you see? And he's like, he said, I saw a brother praying. He says, do you mind if I sit here and eat lunch with you? I said, no, man. And we had to, we got we got to know each other. He was he was a neat guy, but he ended up getting transferred away, so I didn't get to spend much time with him. But uh, um, prayer, God wants us to pray publicly. One of the things that I like to do in restaurants when when we uh, eat out, I, it, when I remember to, I don't always remember to, but I like to uh, ask the waitress or the the server. Um, so, uh, hey, what's your name? And, you know, they usually tell you, but I, I always ask. Just And, oh, you know, I'm so-and-so. Um, hey, you know what? We're getting ready to pray for our food. Is there anything that we can pray for you? Is there anything in your life we can pray for? And I'll tell you what, we get some of the coolest answers. Usually it's, hey, will you pray for my ch my kids or something like that. But every once in a while you'll get one to just, I had I am not kidding. I was I was at Denny's with with someone I can't remember who it was. This is back four or five years ago. Uh, in fact, it was right after they opened. Um, I was sitting at Denny's. Is oh good, Candy's not here. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting at Denny's 
And I said that to, the, to one of the ladies that were the servers. And I said, hey, is there anything I can pray for you? And she sat down next to me. She said, really? Will you pray for me? And she just dumped on me. And I, she still works there. And I saw her the other day. I was in there. And I said, hey, you know what? I'm still praying for you. And every time I go in there, she knows. She remembers me. Prayer is important to people. John chapter 11, verses 41 to 42. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always because the people, because of the people would stand by, I say it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. So what, what was Jesus saying here? Hey, I'm praying this, not, not for you and me, but for everybody else around me. And then what does he say? Lazarus, come forth. Now, now let me ask you a question. What would have happened if Jesus had just said, come forth? <laughs> I mean, it would have been like a horror movie. <laughs> you know, he had to call Lazarus by name. to come forth. But yet Jesus prays and he says, pray. he says, he said, Father, I'm praying this so that all the people around me know that you sent me. Stephen, Stephen, a hero of mine, prayed a public prayer seeking forgiveness and I dare, I dare say, now I have no proof of this. This is just my opinion. But I think Stephen's prayer haunted Paul or Saul at the time. I'm just saying, okay? I think it was one of the things that God used to get to Saul, who would later be Paul. Acts chapter 7, verse 59 through 60. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and he cried with a what? A loud voice. Everybody heard. Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. I personally believe that what happened was as the stones were coming, Stephen kneels down and he prays this prayer. And before he could actually die, I believe God took him. I just, I just do. But I believe that that prayer haunted Saul to the day he died. And the prayers of many of the other martyrs that he had killed and imprisoned. 
Now, I don't think this, but I read one time a theologian had a theory, okay? I don't believe it. I don't believe. I felt. I feel like Paul's thorn in the flesh was a physical thorn that he dealt with. But this theologian brought up the argument, what if, what if Paul's thorn in the flesh was the memories of all the people that he had killed and imprisoned? I don't think that's what the thorn in the flesh was. But you know, because we all have made mistakes, we've all done things we regret, do we not replay those things in our minds? Absolutely. And I have to believe, I have to believe that there were many nights when Paul laid his, his head down at night, he, he could hear Stephen's voice. Father, forgive them. I believe what Jesus was trying to teach us is this, that we must first develop our relationship with God in the closet before we take it into the public. Stephen's Stephen's relationship didn't happen in public. It happened in hours and hours and hours of spending time with God. Let me challenge you with a thought. It's not in my notes. It just came to me. What is your what is your closet time look like? How many how many of you have seen the movie War War, War Room? Many of us. It is a good movie, but how many of us live it? I mean, it's a good movie. But do we live it? Do we, do, we, do we really spend time like that? Say, but that's a movie. I, I live in the real world. You know, everything in movies work out, you know, but I live in the real world. No, no. We can, we can still have that kind of relationship with God. In fact, that's what God wants from us. The word closet literally means private chamber. I mean, we, we all have closets in our house. And, 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 and so we, we kind of, in, in our minds, when we see the word closet, we think of that thing where we hang all our clothes. It, it just simply means a private chamber, somewhere, somewhere that you go to spend time with God. Me, it's, it's upstairs in my house in my office. Sometimes it's in the cab of my pickup truck. Sometimes it's walking in the desert. Where's your closet? Where's your, where's your private space? You know, even Jesus had to get away from the noise of the world. In Mark chapter 1, verse 34 and 35, it says, And he healed many that were sick and uh, of uh, diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered uh, not the devils to speak because 
he knew <clears throat> they knew him. Excuse me. Okay, what what is going on here? Spiritual warfare. He he is fighting spiritual warfare. Verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. After a day of battle, after a day of battling demons, what does Jesus do the next morning? He doesn't just get up and pray and drink his coffee and, okay, I'm ready for the day. No, he gets away to his closet, his place of solitary where he can spend time with God. Daniel is another example. In Daniel uh, 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 chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chambers toward Jerusalem, he knelt down upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God, before his God, as he did aforetime. Daniel would three times a day made a habit. The, 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 the word aforetime, I, I looked it up and I, I, to, the, to the best of my limited ability, the word aforetime here gives the understanding, uh, um, at least that, like I said, uh, that I can understand, that it refers to something that has become a habit or a pattern. It's nothing that Daniel didn't wait till the thing was signed and then, okay, well, now I'm going to go pray. It was, it was already his habit to do that. In fact, everybody in the, in the, key, in the not the kingdom, uh, in the um, palace knew it because that was the only thing that they could get against him was the fact that they knew he was going to pray three times a day no matter what was going on in the world. It was his habit, as he did aforetime. And the very one of the one of the biggest mistakes that we as believers make is that we run to God after the disaster happens. In in Daniel's case, it would be after the after the the command or whatever was signed. That's when Daniel started praying. No, Daniel was praying ahead of time. He he it had already become a habit. Again, let me ask you, what does your prayer closet look like? Daniel did not just periodically pray. It was a it was something that had become part of who Daniel was. Now, I don't know if you do, but when I think of Daniel, I think of, of, of a, the, the picture that I have in my mind, and I could be way wrong, but the picture that I have in my mind is a man of great character and discipline. 
Now, whether or not he was, I don't know, but that, that ha- that's how I have always pictured him. Why? Because he had, a, he had a pattern, he had a habit of spending time with God regularly. Yes, yes. Uh, Daniel and Joseph were were all uh, out of the major characters in the Bible. <clears throat> they are the only two that nothing negative is mentioned about them in in, in the Bible, which I find f- absolutely fascinating. Um, but. Yeah, that wouldn't be me. <laughs> okay, we got a few more minutes, so we'll go we'll go a little further and then we'll be done. Point number two in prayer. Not only must we learn to pray in secret before we pray in public, uh, we must be sincere when we pray. And we talked about sincerity this morning. Um, but verses seven and eight, it says, uh, but when you pray... Use not vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask. Sincerity. We talked about it this morning. The word sincerity literally means without wax, so I'm not going to get into that. But I do want to talk about this idea of vain repetition. Vain repetition. Uh, Jesus... Okay, before I give you the answer, what do you think vain repetition means? Okay. All right. What would you say? Just, uh, just because. Okay. Okay. Just because, John. Okay. Pointless redundancy. Okay. The the word vain literally means empty. Okay. Exactly. When it's when it's and and, and here um, in in uh, let's see. Um, in verse nine, the very the, the very next verse that it, 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 we have the Lord's prayer, do we not? And how many of you, how many of you can can recite the Lord's prayer? Okay, I did not grow up in church, but I can do it. Not that I've memorized it, but I just know it because I've heard it my whole life. So vain repetition. What I I was Melanie and I were talking with um, uh, Brian and Orlando recently, uh, and we, she was talking about the cath how uh, where she grew up everything was just very 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 Catholic. And I say you know one of the things I saw when I was in Costa Rica when it, when before when I was a missionary I used to travel and. One of the countries I went to was Costa Rica. And we were working on a church 
in the capital city of Costa Rica. But the, the main Catholic church is in a different city. It's not in the, it's not in the capital city. Okay? And I explained all that. And, and um, so anyway, uh, what happened was the, the missionary, we took, a, we took a day off and we went sightseeing. Okay? I mean, you're going to go all the way to Costa Rica. You need to do some sightseeing. So we went and did some sightseeing. Anyway, he took us to this capital city, or not the capital city, but the, 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 the head Catholic church in the country, <clears throat> the mother church, I think they called it. Um, and as we were there, I watched a man on his hands and knees. And this guy looked like he was probably in his 70s or 80s. And I, I stood there and I watched this man on his hands and knees crawl up the steps to this, this, this church was huge, massive church, kind of, kind of up on a hill. So there were, there were a lot of steps this guy had to crawl up. And he literally, on his hands and knees, crawled on all fours all the way up and then got into the church, and, and this, this church was massive. I don't know how many it sat, but it was a bunch. And he crawled all the way to the front. And by the time he got to the front, his hands and his knees were bleeding. And he went up to the priest, and the priest looks down, and he just kind of pats him on the head, and he says a few words, and the guy gets up and walks away. Don't believe it. And we went, we went through different parts of the church, and and they had different areas within the church that you could pay money to buy candles, but you had to pay money. That that was a, that was another thing. Just anyway, don't even get me started on that. But but you paid money, and you could buy these candles, and you could recite these these prayers. And I thought, how sad. These people were just, it's just vain repetition. There's no, there's no, nothing there. All in the name of religion. How many times has the, the Lord's bear prayer been quoted by somebody who has no idea what it means? Millions upon millions of times. How does God want us to talk to him? From the heart. We're out of time. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. And we are so thankful, so grateful for, for all that you do for us. And Lord, we ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would encourage us to be more like you in everything that we say and do. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.